I hesitate to preach this message because I know it's going to stir some hearts up, possibly the wrong way. I didn't choose it. It's next. It's the next part of Jesus' life as we take his life step by step. We just went through a parable section uh, where he taught us lots of parables, mostly about heaven and hell and how, and how to make sure you go to heaven. That was all back in Mark 4 when uh, that was last week's message. Now we have Mark 5, and I, I'd like for you to be ready in Ephesians as I have a long reading there. But Mark 5 Verse 1. I want to stop for a moment. I believe that there are satanic forces in our lives. I believe that there is a battle in our lives every day. I actually believe that Satan doesn't want this message taught. He doesn't want you to understand he doesn't want me to pull up the blinders to show you what's going on in this world. And I, I, I just ask you to fight off your boredom. I'll try not to make it boring. To fight off your, your boredom, to, to fight off distractions, and to really pay attention this morning. This message could change your life. It could give you more understanding about yourself and about others in your lives. Mark 5, 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea of the, of the Jordan and into the country of the Gadarians. Because, listen, he had an appointment. He had an appointment and he was going to set a man free from his demons. And he can do that now. Jesus can do that now. He could have gone to Capernaum where there were thousands of people in need. He's going all the way across the Galilean Sea to, to free one man, to free one man of his possessions. He was going, uh-oh, here we go again. He was going to set a man free. Verse 2, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, the, the cemeteries, and no man could bind him. They couldn't catch him. They couldn't chain him because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes some of us feel like we are chained to our sins, to our habits. It's an amazing thing. And I, uh, I want you to understand there are those in our lives that feel chained because he had often he had often been 
bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been broken by him, chains broken by him, and the fetters broken in pieces. That's the handcuffs. Neither could any man tame him. Neither could any man obey him. Neither could any man obey him. To tame is to obey. To give. That's what we're trying to do right now with our children and grandchildren. We're trying to tame their spirits down to teach them to obey. And I have this to say to you. When, when children don't obey their parents, their authorities, when they're young, they won't generally obey him, Jesus Christ, when they're older there's a type of person that doesn't like to be told what to do, aren't there? Don't like to be told what to do. We are to raise our children up in the nurture. Nurture is the instruction, the admonition. That is even with commanding them and to teach them to obey. The nurture and admonition of the Lord. We are to train up our children in the ways they should go. To some, be careful. The commands and duties of the Bible are seen as chains to break, fences to cross. Tell them what they can't do. Tell them that, that what they, can't, they shouldn't do. What will they do? They'll go and do it. To some, the commands and duties of the Bible are seen as privileges and opportunities to serve and love a loving God. I, 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 maybe there's different types of people in this way. I love being told what to do by the Lord. If, if I read it in the Word, I don't challenge it, I don't question it, I do it. If, if I hear it from Him, I don't challenge it, I just do it. I, I bend my will to His will. We're talking about being possessed by the devil. I've been thinking about this all night, last night and this morning, and I believe that you can also be possessed by Jesus Christ. And that ought to be a goal of ours to surrender and to allow him to, to rule us to be possessed by the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, the cemeteries, crying and cutting himself with stones. A loner, off to himself. An outcast by himself, no one falling through the, fil the, the, the filters of life and people forgetting about him and just leaving him alone. He was dangerous to be around. He was the ultimate loner. Verse 6, but when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High? I beg you by God that you torment me not. I want you to notice. He recognized Jesus. 
I don't need you, though. I don't want anything to do with you. Being possessed by the devil, he wouldn't. I don't need you. That's a very, very common reply. Oh, listen, if that's one of your replies, I, I don't need him. I, I can rule myself. I can make my moral decisions of what's right to do and what's wrong. Leave it up to me. No, don't do that. There's a cliff just over the edge, and, and you're walking right toward it. You're going to fall off. Oh, you'll have some freedom now. You'll have some pleasure now. Make sure even now you start to live a life of self-discipline. Wow. Verse 8, for he said unto him, come out, of the, come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he cried, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Notice that they are very powerful who can stand. Who can stand before legion? Thousands of demons. Who can possibly stand? Jesus can. And if you're filled with Christ, you can. We, you and me, are no match for spiritual enemies in our in our own strength. But in the Lord and in the power of his might. We shall be able to stand against them. Though there are legions. This also shows that the devil. And his demons. Satan. Devil. Then he has all these minions under him. These demons. Some say we've all been assigned one. And if. If we get saved, their next job, the first job is to keep us from getting saved with distraction, even pleasure, so we don't feel we have a need. To have a need is important. Parents, grandparents, that's something we need to teach our children so that they don't just grow up in a Christian home and, and see, don't see their need. But for some... But for some, there is no need. The devil, the devil, the demons war against God, Christ, and his gospel. Men and their holiness and happiness. They are also assigned to keep us from serving. The demons are assigned to keep us from serving. Once they lost our souls, now their job is to give us distractions. Keep us too busy. We should never be too busy to do our devotional. We should never be too busy every day to get up close to him. That's so important. To go through this life, to go through a day without the armor of God is so dangerous. He's waiting to pick us off. Right outside this window here, across the street, there's a little knoll. In my mind, I picture, I picture a demon up there with a bow and arrow waiting to pick me off, waiting to shoot me in my heart if I ever leave my house without the presence of God. That just helps me. 
I don't want to ever go without the presence of the Lord. I ask you to be ready with me in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It was too large of a piece to put on, to put on the, the PowerPoint, but there is so much value in us going to our Bible anyway and for you reading it off your pages of your Bible. Verse, Ephesians 6, verse 10. How do we possibly fight against these legions, these demons? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye might be able to stand against the wiles, the plans of the devil. And even in this scripture, we see that Satan has a plan for you. Either to keep you from being saved, or two, to keep you from ever being useful to him. With distractions and pains and uh, all those different things that might come up. He's got a plan. So, put on the whole armor of God, verse 11 that you might be able to stand against the wiles, the plans of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Again, most of us are so centered, some of us are so centered on those we disagree with. We're so centered on, on those that have hurt us or disappointed us that we get tunnel vision. Our battles are not with one another, not when we're supposed to forgive. Well, Pastor Dave, you don't know what they did. God does, and he still wants us to forgive. He wants us to forgive. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, verse 12, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, verse 13, take unto you the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth. This is a truth belt. It's a very wide belt that goes around your middle to protect you from swords, from knives, from arrows of the devil. Verse 14 again, Stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. And of course I think the word of God is truth, our truth. And having on the breastplate of Righteousness, that big, shiny, silver thing that goes over our chest to keep our vitals, heart, lungs, organs safe. You notice the word righteousness. And again, this, this society, this culture has, is teaching and has been teaching that there is no right or wrong. 
The only wrong thing is to say something's wrong. Who are you to say something is wrong? I'm not the source of what's right and wrong. He is the source. What he says, what he's taught us, what's in the word of God, that's right and wrong. Verse 15. And your feet shod covered with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith. Take this shield of faith. How do we increase our faith? The more you get to know him through the reading of the word, through prayer, through Bible study, through church, through teachings, your faith increases and your fear decreases. Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Oh, and take the helmet of salvation. Can't do any of this without being saved. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. That's the only way Satan can be defeated. If you don't listen, if you don't act, if you don't build up your faith, if you don't do those things, you are so susceptible. This very large-sized man last week, very large-sized man that didn't speak, but I've forgotten his name. He was part of the Rick Capozzi thing, and he didn't speak, but he had a purple heart, and he wore it on his lapel. And I asked him about how he got that purple heart. He said, I figured I was completely done. I was going to die. So I figured I'm just going to die. Die right now. And he had men, wounded men, for his, his companions all around him. And he said, I'm going to die today. I might as well do something with my life. And he stood up and he walked toward the machine gun nest. Figuring if I die, I die. I'm, I go to a better place. But he just walked toward that machine gun place and took it out. Wow. And Jesus asked him, verse 9 of our text. Are you with me? What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion. Verse 9, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him such much that he would not send them away out of the country. The possessed man did not want the, de the demons did not want to be sent away into another country. They liked it there. That area was compatible for them. First, we're going to see that they were non-religious, irreligious. Uh, they had pigs. Jewish people, Jewish nation, don't, don't deal with pigs. Even now, when I was there several years ago, for a joke, I asked for a hot dog. And did I get a stare? 
I just wanted to see what would happen. And he besought him, verse 10, that he would not send them out of the country. This is Legion speaking to Christ. It was very hospitable there. And be careful. Some of our homes are too. Yes, because of our, our, our paintings that we choose, because of the movies we might watch. I haven't seen a horror movie since 1975. I just don't want the seeds to get planted in my mind. I have to walk into the dark many times. I don't give it a chance. Some homes, some places are more hospitable. Verse 11. But there was there close to the mountains a great herd of pigs feeding. It tells you something about the neighborhood. And the devils begged him, saying, Send us into the pigs that we may enter into them. Hence, deviled ham. That is a joke that is 2,000 years old. And forthwith, verse 13, Jesus gave them permission, and the unclean spirits, legion, entered into the pigs. And the herd ran violently down a steep place over a cliff into the sea. And they were about 2,000 pigs. And they were choked in the sea. And they that fed with the swamp, by the way, that sea used to be used to be a, a teaching that during a certain time of year in the Sea of Galilee, that particular area bubbles up. I don't know if that's true. That's extra biblical. You've got to be careful. But you just, you just need, it's just fun. They told us that on our tour across the sea. Verse 14, And they that fed the swine, the pigs, and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what, it was, what was done. And they come to Jesus and saw him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion. They saw him sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were very afraid. And they saw that it, they that saw it told them how it befell to them that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the pigs. And they began to ask him, we're so grateful that you're here. Come into town where we can, where we can bring our sick and our lonely to you. No. The power of money. These men preferred the property to the Savior. They loved it so much that they were blind to the evidence of the miracle and to the good he had done to their miserable man that he had healed. It is not uncommon. It's not an uncommon thing for men to love the world so much, to love their property, to love their things, even like that was owned by the people of Gadara. So, so that they would not part ever with their sinful lifestyle, they end up begging Jesus to leave them. Leave 
us alone. Leave me alone. I've heard that a thousand times when I was witnessing to someone. Leave me alone. I don't need this. I don't want this. Thus they do who rather than let go of a lust, of a habit, of a property, of money, will throw away their interest, throw away their hope in Christ and in heaven. They should rather have argued, if he has so much power over the devils and all these pigs, it would be good to have him around. I am so glad that he's around for all of our sakes, but let me be selfish for me. I'm so glad to have his presence with me wherever I go, whatever I'm doing. If the demons have permission to live in our country, let us beg him to stay here too. No. Instead, they wished him to leave. And when, verse 18 of our text, verse 18, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil asked him that he might, he might be, go with him. Verse 19, but Jesus allowed him not. There was more value in him going back home to his family and to his friends to tell them about Jesus. The most terrible lifestyle, the most horrible of sins are often loved more than the presence of Jesus and more than all the blessings of Jesus. Sinners never love him and always wish him away from their lives. In 2 Timothy, in the last days, perilous times shall come Chapter 3, verse 4, C. Men shall become lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Wow. He said, go home to your friends, to your family, to your circle of influence. They've grieved you. They've been, they, they felt like they have lost you. Go home and tell them about me. Verse 20, he departed and began to, this is the possessed man who's not possessed anymore. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. Marveling's not enough. It's not, it's not enough to have Christ in your life, to have Christ in your heart, to have, his, to have him possess you. To have your presence, his presence with you, to marvel is not enough. Many rather choose to lose Jesus Christ than material goods by which they gratify their passions at the expense of their souls. They love even their pigs more than their salvation. So, be careful. Be careful. 
title of the message, Satan Can Possess Us. I think part of that possession is for him to rule our lives and what we do with our gifts and abilities and talents to possess us. Some have said and taught that born-again Christians cannot be possessed. There's been challenges to that, but generally don't leave here thinking, well, I'm, I'm possessed. And it's true that the devil can make you do it, but not through possession. Possession. What have I to do with thee? I have no need of thee. I desire to have nothing to do with thee. That could be possession. Next, oppression. We wrestle with Christ. I do. No. We wrestle with the devil. I do. I do. He wants me to fall, and if I fall, I might take a lot of people with me. He wants me to fall into temptation, and there's just always oppressions upon us. He can't do too well because we fight with the armor of God. We fight with the shield of faith. We fight off their temptations. Possess, oppress, impress. I want you to listen to this. This was written by John the Apostle. He was Jesus. Jesus chose him because of his heart. Now he's much older. But he still got the same heart and the Holy Spirit told him to write this to us. 1 John 2.15 At the beginning of the message I ask you to be ready there. He warns us, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16 For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, thinking of pornography. The pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world will pass away and all of our belongings, all of our lust, we won't be here 50 years from now. I hope we're not here next year, next week. The world passes away and the lust thereof, but... He that does the will of God will live forever. We need to remember that this isn't all there is. There's a forever. No matter how bad it gets here, even in sicknesses, in disappointments, in losses, this is temporary. Get up. Go forward again. Baby steps even. But go forward again. Because there is a forever. I can't wait. Satan can possess, oppress, impress. And more commonly amongst us, he can depress us. Depression. Depression. Living with bad goals. And when you get them, what now what? Living with bad goals or no goals? 
living aimlessly with no purpose. I, uh, I went four-wheeling once with some of the men in the church. This was a long time ago. And those men, very godly men, I love them with my, all my heart, they just love the ride. They just love maybe the wind in the hair and the mud in their face. I found out that I'm purpose-driven. Tell me why I'm riding it. Tell me where I'm going, and I'm fine. But I don't ride just for pleasure. And it's okay if you do. But I found out I'm purpose-driven, and that has helped me all my life to achieve my goals and my dreams. Depression. Living with bad goals. We should change our goals so that Christ would approve of them. And you've got to know, not everybody's got your goals, your dreams. We are all different. We're all called to run a different race. It's a different race for, some, for many of us. A marathon, obstacle course. And there are obstacles that come at us and are put in front of us. Living life without goals, bad goals, or one of the greatest purposes for depression is when you have lost your goal. You didn't achieve it. And when that happens, acknowledge it and change your goals. Develop a godly goal that Satan can put depression into our lives. Only Jesus can give us victory over our demons. Victory over our, our demons. Be careful. Please be careful because Satan can possess, oppress, impress, and depress us. But there's a forever. There's a, there is a forever. This isn't all there is. And when it comes to being possessed, I want to be. I want to be possessed by Jesus Christ. It's a battle. It's a war. It's a, it's a battle to be totally sold out and committed to him, totally surrendered to him. But that's what we all should want, is to be possessed by the Holy Spirit in our lives, leading us directing us, helping us, helping us. As the musicians come, we are about to sing Onward Christian Soldiers. And again, I think of that armor of God that we are to wear. And it is a battle, a war for your soul. Listen, listen. It's a battle for your soul and your eternity, your forever. But it's also a battle. It's a battle for your usefulness. Oh, see that. You might be saved. But are you being useful? Are you totally surrendered to Him? Lord Jesus Christ, with our heads bowed, asking you, Lord Jesus, to please, 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 Lord, touch our hearts and minds. Help us, dear Lord, to live through this time of our life. 
to remember this isn't all there is. Help us, Lord, to develop godly goals, usefulness to you. Oh, God, there might be someone here that needs you so much right now. Asking you, dear Lord, to help them right now. To pray a prayer with me. That would ensure your helpfulness, your power in their lives. This, this, this prayer goes like this. You pray it in your pew. You would say, Lord Jesus. Pray it silently, but pray it to the Lord. I'm a sinner. I've done bad things. I know there's a penalty for being a sinner. But on the cross, you once and for all paid my sin debt. You died for me. Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Stubbornness, forgive me for my stubbornness. Forgive me for my selfishness. Forgive me for my pride. Wash my heart out. And come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Savior, my Lord, and my protector. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if anyone prayed that prayer and meant it, may I see your hand. Could your hand go up? Lord, there's many of us here. We're saved. But name is in the book of life. But are we too distracted? Are we too busy to go the next step of being totally surrendered, of being possessed by your Holy Spirit. Take them, Lord. Come into our lives, Lord, even more. Stop living on the porch of our life. Come into the living room of our lives. Make us useful. Help us, dear Lord, to fight this fight. It's real. Help us, dear Lord, for the sake of our children and grandchildren, to teach them, nurture them, admonishing them. What a world they're growing up in, not knowing the difference of right and wrong. Give us wisdom. In Jesus' name.